What's going on, world family? It's your boy, Donald Jones, and welcome to the first episode of Journey of the Mindset. Let me start by out telling you guys how excited I am about this actually happening. Journey of the Mindset, the podcast, has been something that's been on my mind for a very long time, years, and to finally see it happening, for it to come out of my head onto paper and actually being recorded is something that I am super, super excited about. So I, I first of all, let me just rewind a little bit. I want to thank all of my followers, everybody that's been showing me love since day one, since um, I did the 143 Speaks, the blog. Um, I just want to take the time to just really say that Journey of the Mindset, the podcast would not be happening if it was not for you guys. Um, the support, the DMs, the emails, the follows, I truly, truly appreciate it a lot, and this is for you guys. So <laughs> let me push the emotion to the side real fast and just tell you guys what this podcast is, this series is going to be about. Journey of the Mindset is the door that opens to the real world. And when I say it's the, the, the door that opens to the real world, it's people coming onto the show and sharing their own personal experience of a situation or something that helps shape them into what they are today. So that's what Journey of the Mindset is about. It's about people being able to tell their story, feeling like they're safe and they're comfortable with coming onto the show and telling their story. Now, we're not going to have people on the show all the time that we'll be interviewing. It'll just be me sometimes. But I guarantee you that before you press that button on your on your podcast app, which says stop, I guarantee you will be fed and you will get information that you will be able to apply towards your life. I will never give you guys advice. I will never give you guys advice. Our experiences that I never been through are something that I feel is fake. So this is not the fake podcast. We're not going to sit here and we're going to make up stories and we're going to make up things and have people come on here and tell made up stories. This is not what this is about. This is about the person that is sitting in their room right now feeling like they're alone, feeling like um, nobody understands where they're coming from. This is what this is about. I want them to know that they're not the only person on earth that's going through what they're going through, but also to hear how people have come out of certain situations or even if they're still in that situation, how they're managing that situation. So that's what Journey of the Mindset is going to be about. It's about you guys coming here, getting fed, getting information that you can apply to your life that you can use to also help other people. That's the importance of this podcast. And I am so excited to be able to widen the platform that I have now with being able to sit down in front of a mic and just talk <coughs> and share. Excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm overcoming a little cold, but uh, that's not going to stop me from living my dream, man. It's not going to stop me. I'm still going to push forward. Um, so I, I just want you guys to, um, to be able to come here and know that this is a safe space and that journey of the mindset is a place that you can come to and you can share your stories and get some information. So just to like navigate how we're going to do this, because this is a podcast. Um, what I'm going to do is if you're following me on Instagram, 143 speaks aim high or Donald Jones at 143, um, on, um, Instagram, I'm always going to post a show on there, not the whole entire show. You'll get little snippets of the show. But you'll be able to interact where you can leave a comment on those posts on Instagram and I can respond. People can respond just on your thoughts of the podcast. Um, let me just let you know right now. We get into very deep discussions. Some of the discussions um, do get emotional. Some of the discussions will probably piss you off. And there is some information that you probably feel you can take away. And there's probably information you probably feel like, you know what, I don't need that. Let it stay right where it is. But the point is, is for you to identify your truth, to identify your journey, to identify what it is that you want to do with your life.
So that's how I came up with Journey of the Mindset because a lot of us go on these adventures or we say that we're going to do something and we never do it, but it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the mindset. Um, I remember me, you know, even with, with Journey of the Mindset and thinking of this podcast like literally over three years ago. And now here we are in 2020 and I'm finally making it happen. So what happened in between now and then was a lot of procrastination, a lot of me not believing in myself, not having confidence in myself. And that stopped me from doing a lot. Um, me believing that, and, and this is me telling me this, this is not people telling me this, this is me telling myself this, that nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say. Nobody's going to want to listen. They're going to come onto the podcast and listen to the first episode and never come back again. And that was where I was at, man. That was the mindset that I had. I just felt like I had nothing worthy to speak about. I had nothing that can help anybody. And then it dawned on me, dude, you've been through so much. You mean to tell me that somebody out there wouldn't appreciate hearing your story? Wouldn't appreciate hearing how you've overcome being homeless? Have you overcome not having an income because you had to leave a job because of a certain situation? How you overcame like living in your car and then halfway living with your, in, with your mother-in-law, you know, it, 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 let me just get right into this. Let, let, let's start the journey. Let's start the conversation. Let's start the talk. So, so I can remember as far back as the first grade and I will never forget my mother informing me that I would have to be tested. Um, so the school felt I had a learning disability. And for those of you guys that's been following me for a while, you probably heard the story. So just sit tight because I guarantee you there's more information that you haven't heard. And I remember my mother telling me that I'm going to have to get tested. And we went to this, um, this, this office that I was under the impression that was the, my doctor's office. And when I get there, everything just looks different. Even the person that came out to get me, I'm like, this is not my doctor. You know, who is this person? And they were just way too nice and way too happy. And I remember walking into this small room and you would think that it was an interrogation room, interrogation room, because it was just like this seat, this, this big table in the middle of the floor and two seats sitting, you know, opposite from each other. And it was literally a lamp hanging down from the ceiling. And I remember that the room was a bright gray, like a bright grayish color with a strip of brown. And... I was sitting there for quite some time while this gentleman started setting up his, his computer and setting up, um, uh, the, the, you know, the things that I guess they need to evaluate somebody. And I remember him asking me, do you know why you're here? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here for a doctor's appointment. And he said, well, I'm going to be asking you a series of questions and I want you to answer them to the best of your ability. This is not a test. You will not fail. You will not pass, but it's just a way of me to get some information to see where you are in life. Now, you're explaining this to somebody that's in a third grade that you're trying to find out information because you're trying to find out about my life. Totally went over my head, didn't understand it. I was in there for about two hours testing. After the test was over, I got a lottie pop and was sent home with my mother. About, I want to say, a month later, um, I was sitting in my class and over the loud head, the, the speaker, um, they said, Donald Jones, come down to the principal's office. Now I knew I was quite wild when I was in elementary school, but I could not think of anything that I did within the past few days that would have got me back in the principal's office. 
So I take the walk of shame to the principal's office. And when I walk in there, there's a, a bunch of people in there. Some people that I recognize, some people that I don't. Uh, my mom was in there, the principal, um, the guidance counselor. Uh, I believe there was like some type of psychologist or a specialist or something that was there to explain whatever. But to make a long story short, uh, I felt bombarded and overwhelmed because I had no clue to why I was there, nor did I understand the language that these people were speaking. Remember, I'm in a third grade. These are educated people. These are people with certificates and diplomas, and they're using all of these big words and throwing them around. I have no clue to what they're talking about. All I knew was that they were talking about me, but none of them were addressing me. Then I heard the word dyslexia, dyslexic. Then I heard the word special ed. And I knew that when I heard the word dyslexic and special ed, that there was a problem. I turned and looked at my mother and the look that she had on her face wasn't one of disappointment, but she did seem like she was a little upset. They explained to me that I will be going into a new classroom and I will be um, meeting new people. The classroom setting was going to be a lot smaller than um, the one that I was in. I believe at the time that I was, um, when I, before I was put into special ed, um, in my class we had about roughly 19, 20 kids. And then going into the special ed setting, you had about five, six tops in the class with two teachers. So they explained to me that there would be two teachers there. You know, they made it sound pretty. You're going to have all of this extra help. You're going to have all of these people here that's going to be here to support you and help you. And if you ever need them for anything, um, this is what they're here for. So you're going to have less kids in your class, but you're going to have more teachers to help you. And it sounded good. It sounded amazing. I'm like saying to myself, okay, you know what? Let's do this. Ma, let's do this. And I walked out of there feeling good and smiling. And literally the following week, I was starting my new class. And it was such a culture shock because I seen things that I never seen before. I seen children act a certain type of way that I wasn't used to. So just to give you a little bit of background um, on one of the reasons why they tested me, um, they, they, they tested me because I had a behavior problem and I was just going through daddy issues. My father wasn't around, so I, I just felt some type of way about that. And they felt that I needed to be evaluated because of my behavior not because they felt that I had a learning disability, it was because of my behavior. So it was discovered when I went to go get tested that I had the learning disability called dyslexia. Um, when I, my first day in a class, um, I'm not going to say no names um, because I don't know. I mean, who knows? Somebody from your, your childhood and your elementary school might still be following you or might follow you or whatever. So I'm not going to say his name. But I remember um, this one kid, he, my first day in the class, the teacher had asked him to do something and he just flat out yelled and started cursing at her. And the way I was brought up was you don't disrespect an adult. You don't disrespect a teacher, especially. So seeing the, re the repercussions behind it, which there were none, but you just being taken out of the classroom, counseled and brought back into the classroom. I started to develop those behaviors where I was the one throwing pencils at the teachers, being rude and disrespectful to, to the teachers, being underneath the desk, banging my head and things of that nature. And when I graduated out of elementary school, my reading level was just terrible. I was stuck where I started and I was at the third grade. I moved on to junior high school and I moved on to high school and there was no improvements. I was still in the small structured um, uh, environment, which was a special ed class. And when I graduated high school, I graduated on a 
third grade reading and writing level. I can barely read or write when I left high school. And the first thing that I did was grab a job that wouldn't challenge me much. So I started working in this um, this with this organization um, in Westchester County, New York. And um, it was just dealing with kids. I just had to make sure they didn't fight. Um, I was teaching them independent living skills, making sure they take a shower, making sure they didn't go to school. And uh, it was a really good um, environment for me. And I, I was connecting with the kids. My, my boss loved me. And about six months in, my supervisor came to me and said that she wanted to promote me to assistant supervisor. And I'm, the first thing I asked her, well, well, what does that entail? Because I was very, very worried about the paperwork. And she said, oh, well, you know, if you'll be doing the same duties. The added on duties will be, you'll be writing reports, monthly reports, progress reports, and things of that nature. As soon as she said that, I said, no, I can't take the position. And the look on her face, she was so shocked because she knew what I was making. And at the, t at the time, back then, um, I was making, I would say, about ten fifty an hour. And the position that she was trying to bump me up to was $16 an hour. <clears throat> so the confusion, the confused look on her face was, I don't understand how you don't want to move on and you don't want to make more money. That was the confusion on her face. And I had to explain to her the reason why I couldn't take the position. And I told her, I said, look, I can't take the position because I can't read or write. And it got quiet just like this. And she looked at me and she put her hand on her chin and she said, Oh, interesting. Well, if you can't take the position, it's okay. Maybe later on down the line. And that was it. And she hired somebody else to be the assistant supervisor, which me and him started connecting with each other. And we were just cool. And I remember he would make his schedule to be the same as mine. So we would have the same day off because we enjoyed playing Madden. And at the time I was smoking marijuana. So we enjoyed smoking weed and, and on, you know, on Fridays on our day off and, and playing Mad and playing Madden in SoCon. And I remember one Friday I was on my way to his house and I stopped at a red light and a New York City bus literally almost took my mirror off. And I tried to get out of the car to approach the person, the bus driver, and they were so close that my, my car door kept hitting the side of the bus. And when I look up, I see the phone number of this school at this college more so. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just, let me just write this number down. You know, I ain't doing nothing with my life, but going over here to go smoke weed with this guy all the time. You know, let me just, let me just, let me just do what I got to do. I called up. The lady told me that we would have to take an entry exam to get into the, school, the college. I told her, you know what? Well, forget this. Sorry, I called. She was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, why is it that you don't want to take the exam? I'm like, because there's no way I'm going to pass. She's like, why? I said, I can barely read or write. I'm on third grade reading and writing level. And I will never forget. She said, well, you won't know if you're going to pass, not unless you can figure out how to, um, well, you won't know, excuse me, you won't know if you can pass, not unless you try. Made sense, right? I go there the next day. I take the entry exam. She tells me that she's going to step out for lunch. And when she gets back, she's going to um, she's going to grade the exam. She comes back, grade the exam. And she says, well, you know what? We do have a little bit of a problem. And I stopped her right there and there. I said, see, this is what I'm talking about. I told you, I specifically told you that I was not going to pass. She said, well, wait, hold on for a minute. You didn't pass, but we are going to accept you in the school. 
what we're going to do is we're going to put you on academic probation. You're only going to be able to take two classes. One of the classes is going to be a writing and reading workshop that's going to help bring you up to level. The other one is going to be a credited course, but it's going to be sociology, which will also help you with your reading and writing. Literally on the first day of my sociology class, the professor said she wanted a five-page paper on the reason why we decided to choose sociology as a major. I'm saying to myself, I've never written a paper before. That's one. I can barely read or write. And two and three, I didn't even pick this class. This was a class that was picked for me. I go home that day. I Google. I start putting words together. I didn't even know if it made sense. I didn't even know if it even sounded right. All I know is I came up with the five-page paper from stealing words out of the dictionary, Googling sentences, and blah, blah, blah. I bring the paper back the following week. The professor takes it. Two weeks later, she's she's calling everybody up one by one, asking them for their paper. And she calls me up last. And when she calls me up last, I go up to her and she hands me the paper, but she hands me my paper upside down. And when I go to take the paper from her, she holds on to it and she says, we're going to talk after class. As I'm walking back to my desk, I turn the paper over and it's a big red zero on the paper. And I sat down. I looked at the zero. I looked at the professor. And then I looked back at the zero. I started packing my things so I can leave the class because I just felt like it this just it, it didn't make sense in the first place. I knew I couldn't read or write. Why was I trying college? And as I packed my belongings and started to make my way out of the classroom, the professor yells out, Donald, sit down. Let's talk after class. I go back to my desk and I sit down. And after class, I wait for everybody to leave and I go over to talk to her. And the first thing she says to me is this. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. If college is your plan A, you need to move on to your plan B. Because I've been teaching on a college level for 26 years, and I've never seen a paper this disgusting in my life. She literally reached inside my chest, took my heart out, threw it on the floor, and stepped on it. Everything that anybody has ever told me about myself, because I used to get made fun of, I was bullied, they used to call me retarded, they used to say I was stupid, a whole bunch of stuff. But that day... That day, everything to me became true. Anything that I thought about myself that was bad became true because I just heard it from a professional. And she's telling me I'm wasting my time. It was a very, very, very long ride home on the 55 bus. And I remember me sitting in the back of the bus trying hard to hold back tears because I didn't want to cry. It was a crowded bus and I didn't want people to see me cry. And when I got home that day, I told my mother that I will never go back to college. And my mother asked me why, what's going on? I said, I I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm just never going back. And I went to the room, closed the door and I didn't even eat, just went to sleep. I don't know what happened to me during that night when I slept. I don't even remember my dream. All I know is when I woke up, The next morning, I never wanted to feel the way she made me feel again. The following week, I went back to class and I asked her, 
<clears throat> will I be able to do the paper over? And she said, no, your zero is a zero. That, that's the grade for the paper. I'm not going to give you another a grade. But if you want to do it over, you can do it over. But I'm just letting you know the zero is your grade. I had a decision to make. Either not do the paper over. I already got the grade. I'll do the paper over just to see if I can do it. But this time, do it the right way. Ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you for those four months for that semester, I only got an average of probably two to three hours of sleep. I studied words. I studied the dictionary. I called friends. My mother hired a tutor for me. I was also getting free tutoring in school. But I bled sweat, blood, and tears just to bring myself up to college level. And I wrote that paper over. And before the end of that semester, I handed it back to the professor. On the last day of class for the semester, the professor brought the paper back. And she called me up there. And I walked up there. And she handed me my paper again, face down. When I turned the paper over, I got a 30. Another filling grade, a 30. But that 30 to me was a 100. Because I remember me telling my teachers all the time when I was in elementary school, junior high school, and high school, I'm a psychic. You don't even have to check my papers. You don't even have to check my tests. I already know what I'm going to get, a zero. That's what I thought of myself. I thought of myself as being a zero. This is what people were telling me. This is what I was producing. So this is who I am. But that 30 that day, that 30 changed my life forever. Because it made me believe no matter what somebody tells you or when somebody tells you that you can't do something, you can do it. Somebody once said, you can't fly. Somebody invented a plane. Somebody once said, you can't get from point A to point B in two hours. It's going to take you days. Somebody built a car. There is nothing in this world that anyone should tell you that you cannot do. Your capabilities is more than what you think it is. If you're driven and you want to get somewhere in life or you have a goal, you have to be willing to put in the work. Because even when I was bringing myself up to college reading level, mind you, I did that in four months. Two tutors. Studying words, not sleeping. You have to be ready for the work. And I think a lot of us sometimes get into situations or, or think certain ways about ourselves and it hinders us from getting to where it is that we're trying to get in life. If I would have given up my freshman year of college, I wouldn't be now, now, Three months away from graduating my master's in public administration. Running a blog. Running a podcast. Teaching a personal development curriculum in schools. Speaking in different schools and organizations. Life is beautiful. And sometimes we don't see that light at the end of the tunnel. But you're not going to see the light until you get closer and closer to it. And this is what Journey of the Mindset is about. You rising from the thing that's holding you down. You have to push through every struggle that comes your way.
When people tell you you can't do it, you got to say to yourself, not to them, to yourself, yes, I can. But you got to be willing to put in that work. Four years later, after my interaction with my sociology professor, I met a gentleman named Sherman Brown. He was my professor. He's been my mentor and my life coach for the past two years now. And I'm not going to get too deep into me and his story because I'm actually interviewing him and he's going to be on episode two. So you guys will be able to hear our story. But I want you guys to get something out of Journey of the Mindset. I want you guys to understand that, yes, life is hard. Nobody told me this when I was younger. Nobody told me that life was going to be hard. Life has teeth. It bites. Tracy Morgan said that very clearly after he recovered from the car accident that he was in. Life has teeth and it bites. So you're either going to bite back or you're going to lay on the floor like a bone and you're going to be nibbled on by life. Whoever told you that you're going to walk this earth without stress and struggle, they misinformed you. So let me give you the clear understanding of life. You learn through struggle. You do not learn by things given to you easy. Through struggle, you learn how to appreciate. Through struggle, you learn how to move forward. Through struggle, you learn yourself. And a lot of us don't know our capabilities or who we are. And we need to find that in order to move forward. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope to God that you came to here today and you got what you was looking for. Stay tuned for some amazing episodes journey of the mindset is real we're gonna get emotional we're gonna get angry you're gonna disagree to disagree you're gonna disagree to not disagree whatever but this is the people's podcast journey of the mindset is here this does not grow without you guys i can sit up here and produce all i want but i want you guys to come back to me with topics that y'all want to talk about i want you guys to be hitting me up on my dm email me like hey i would love to be on your show i have a cool story that i want to tell i think i help people we don't have to sit in a counselor's office anymore to express ourselves to learn we got journey of the mindset and here we're going to learn from each other we're going to become a tight-knit community and we're going to thrive together 143 speaks is the mothership is the mothership. So for those of you guys that's like, well, what's going on with 143Speaks? 143Speaks is still there. You can still go on to 143Speaks.com. It's still there. The blog is still there. But that's the mothership. That's the foundation. Now we're going to move on to bigger and better things. And I want to do that with all of you guys. Journey of the Mindset is to help you get to the next level in life. Positive vibes, positive mind. Until next time, world family. I'm excited about this. I'm hype. I am so hyped. I have so many amazing people that I've interviewed, that I'm going to interview. So much information for you guys. I am so hyped. I'm hyped. 2020 vision. Let's get it. Journey of the Mindset. Peace. What's going on, world family? It's your boy, Donald Jones. Hey, listen, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow me on all social media platforms at Donald Jones 143. Peace.